Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. The Daily Dollop podcast is proudly brought to you by The Capital Chemist, Australia's premium community pharmacy where loyalty matters. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, in celebration of the many Australian children who have been in lockdown, heading back to school, I'm chatting all about making school lunchboxes. Welcome back to The Daily Dollop podcast, everyone. On today's show, I am absolutely stoked to say that one out of two of my kids have headed back to school today. What a great day. So excellent. This particular child of the two definitely needed to go back first and I'm absolutely stoked. Although the one that has to wait one more week is utterly devastated because they too want to head back to school as well. And what a tough time it's been, you know, for us in Canberra, it's been, you know, a couple of months in lockdown for, you know, Sydney siders and people in Melbourne. It's been months and months and months and months for some places around the world over, you know, almost a year and a bit. It's just, it's been a really, really tough time. So if you have made it to the end, you know, all in one piece, Mostly, for the most part, you've done good, right? I think we should just not put any expectations on how we should be or what we have achieved or or anything. The fact that we've just survived what's been the, you know, the toughest thing many of us have ever had to endure in our lifetimes, a global pandemic is, yeah, a good thing. My clinics have been open for a week now, which is, oh, so great and, um, Yeah, they're slowly getting back into the swing of things and hopefully this is the start of, you know, the new post-pandemic time and um, yeah, back to school, back to making school lunches, back to doing the daily grind. But I, for one, absolutely do not want to complain for a moment about school lunches or all the chores involved with getting kids to and from school because, oh, I am never taking that for granted again, the fact that our kids get to go to school and learn and yeah, because certainly trying to work and homeschool and do everything all in really uncertain, stressful times has been an an absolute challenge and I, yeah, I will never take for granted (laughs) again the certainty and the predictability of having a routine where my kids get to go to school. So fun fact about me is that I actually no longer make my kids school lunches. They make them themselves and they do a pretty darn good job at it actually. So for those of you who have smaller kids and you're still doing this daily job, I am here to inspire you to one, not only know what you can do to make their lunches healthier, maybe make them um, a little bit easier for yourselves, but also have a think about making sure that you're involving them so that they can grow into the fact that this is going to be something that they can do as they get older as well. So definitely keep that in mind. And I think if you start with that intention that you're eventually going to teach them how to do it themselves, not only are you going to free yourself up from having to do that chore, but you're equipping them to um, look after themselves and give them really amazing long-term skills. So when it comes to lunch boxes, you know, 
one of the things that can happen is that we set these really high expectations about what a healthy lunchbox is and then that expectation versus what's, you know, realistic and what our kids actually want to eat are two very different things. And so one of the things I do like to remind parents about is that when it comes to actually putting the lunchbox together, there are a few important factors that will ultimately influence what's on the menu. And those things are how easy it is to prepare. Nobody wants to be spending an hour in the morning making school lunchboxes. So they do really need to be a 15-minute job, in my opinion, just along with all the other things that have to happen in the morning. Obviously, how healthy the lunchbox is is going to be an influencer. And certainly, you know, there's this fine line between putting pressure on parents and carers to build a balanced lunchbox because, you know, everybody's doing their best and there are a lot of things that we have to think about, not just our child's lunchbox for the day. However, a child is getting nearly a third, if not more, of their daily energy intake from their school lunchbox. So it is a pretty important part of their nutrition and certainly what they eat in their younger years makes a difference to their health and their just overall food habits and preferences into their adult years. So it is worth putting some effort into, but not to the point where you're feeling guilt and stress. You know, you know me, I'm here to take the stress out of healthy eating. So it's just thinking about small achievable things that that you can do to make it healthier. Certainly another influence is how enjoyable and tasty it is. So children do have food preferences for sweet things. That's an innate food preference. So they're born with desiring sweet foods over other foods. Also, children do tend to have preferences for salty, uh, crunchy (laughs) foods and that's a learned preference based on repeated exposure but they certainly like to eat things like crackers, um, chips, right? They also really like to have things that are easy to eat and that don't require too much effort with chewing (laughs) and swallowing. So they like things like white bread and rice crackers um, and potato chips and yogurt and cheese because they don't actually require too much effort to eat them and they'll certainly prefer that over carrot sticks or nuts, right, because those things are a little bit more challenging to chew. The last influence which I think is also really important is how much it costs and certainly there are some pre-made lunchbox snacks that do cost a lot My kids love the squeezy pouches of yogurt, but they're, you know, $2 each. And so I'm buying 10 of them a week, which is 20 bucks. Did I do that nice right? Yeah, right. So that's 20 bucks a week just on yogurt. So it can be pretty expensive and add up pretty quickly. So just being mindful of all of the influences that go into building a lunchbox is really important. And and I guess understanding how these factors influence your decision-making as a parent as well. But the thing is with all of these, you know, factors and they're sometimes competing is we find ourselves a bit stuck for ideas. And the other challenge is, is that kids <laughs> are pretty honest um, about how they feel about certain foods we put in front of them and very easily express their displeasure if there's something that they don't like. And there's a lot of pressure to give them food that they want and that they'll eat 
but that's also easy, healthy and economical. So it's like ugh, very challenging. And I, for one, as a parent, have just, I guess, found the balance between putting a wide variety of food groups in their lunchbox from Whole Foods where I can, but also understanding that they, they're wanting similar food to their peers, you know, they want a pack of chips or they they want to try some particular snack that their friend has. And so just finding the balance between that and a healthy lunchbox is something that I've been working on without the stigma of good and bad foods and do you know what I mean? And making them feel terrible for wanting to eat certain things because at the end of the day, food holds no moral value and I don't want them to feel good or bad based on what they eat. So here are some tips. First of all is if you are a meal planner, you'll really appreciate this tip. But if you're not, this might be something that you could think about incorporating, which is having a like a lunchbox meal plan. And so at the beginning of the week, it's like writing or typing out a little plan that's going to go in the lunchbox. So it might be what's the sandwich going to be or what's the main lunch meal going to be, what's the fruit snack going to be and what's recess going to be, right? And just writing that down. We've got um, free printable templates over on our website. You can head to the link in the show notes if you want to download one of those. Um, But what that does is it means that you can write a shopping list at the same time that you're planning out what's in the lunchbox and have everything you need for the week. It helps put you in control because the night before you know what's on offer and what to get packed and ready. It also helps your kids know what's coming each day too and can sort of curb the nagging, particularly if kids can read um, as well. And it's also a really great way to get them to practice to put their lunchbox together because they can look at the fridge and go, okay, I need to put in some cherry tomatoes and a banana in my lunchbox today. And they can start to help with that. Tip number two is buying and cooking in bulk. So this can help reduce prep time during the week if you've put in the effort, say over the weekend to cook something or prep something. And it can also reduce the cost of food if you're buying snacks and things in bulk. And there's actually no problem in your children having the same thing to eat every day. And you could just change it up, right, you know, from week to week rather than giving them a brand new lunchbox every day, which I feel like can be a little bit exhausting. And also if they're getting enough food variety within that day, so getting something from all of the food groups, then that's perfectly fine for that lunchbox to repeat itself for a week or two, right? And then you can change it up next time. Also remembering that you are not an a la carte restaurant, you know, buying all the (laughs) different ingredients and, and, and making special snacks and meals for your kids every day will just get exhausting and expensive and you don't need that kind of pressure on you. So maybe you can cook up things like tuna pasta or a fried rice. My kids really love green curry for some reason. I think it's just because it's something they've always had. Um, It's a common family meal of ours. Pumpkin soup, um, leftover other pasta dishes, etc. And they actually each have a little thermos and they love having hot meals for their lunches. So that's something that we cook in bulk and I just keep it in plastic containers and then it's their job on the school morning to pop it in the microwave, heat it up and I get them to heat it up really, really hot. And then... um, And while they're doing that, they fill their thermos with boiling water to preheat their thermos. Then they tip out the boiling water and they, you know, can put their hot lunch in there and it stays warm until lunchtime. Now, smaller kids, you don't want to be doing boiling food with them, but certainly the um, 
older kids can do that and it's a really great thing that you can teach them to do. But if you make up a bulk recipe, you can, you know, you've got a couple of lunches up your sleeve plus one of those lunches can be for you as well, which is awesome. So tip number three is keeping it as simple as possible. So dropping that expectation, I think that's really, really important and I've talked about that on the show before, but keep it to whole fresh foods, right? you know, carrot sticks, an apple, a banana, a handful of blueberries, some strawberries, some cherry tomatoes, some cucumber chopped into, you know, wedges, right? Really, really simple, um, easy things for them to eat. Um, And just make that the norm that those kinds of foods are going into the lunchbox. Some days they might not eat them, but if you don't put it into your lunchbox, then they're definitely not going to eat them. So having them in there serves as increasing the familiarity to these foods, but certainly makes it more likely that your kids are going to eat them. The other thing is, you know, is aiming to keep ultra processed foods to a minimum, particularly if you are concerned about things like, you know, food additives, which are actually in safe levels, but it's a really nice thing to be able to make things yourself because you can add in fruit, you can use wholemeal flour, you can reduce the sugar of these things. So things like muesli bars, um, you know, homemade biscuits and muffins, etc., are really nice that you can make yourself and just, you know, add them a little bit bit um, more healthier ingredients to them. Like I said, like wholemeal flour, grated carrots or apples, overripe bananas, seeds, bran, dried fruit, high fiber breakfast cereals can all be added to these kinds of products. And yeah, that can be great little snacks for them to have in their lunchbox. You can get them involved, right? Cooking these things with you. So the, the key thing that I want you to pull away from today's episode is, is thinking about habits, behaviours and routines around school lunchboxes. So I've got three habits that you might like to think about incorporating into your day. Habit number one is spending 15 minutes after dinner, right, while you're doing the after dinner cleanup pack up, also prepping for tomorrow's lunch. And that might be as simple as chopping up some carrot or getting the fruit out or making the sandwiches, right? Could even be getting the kids to put the squeezy tubs of yogurt into their lunch boxes in the fridge, right? A bunch of different things you can do, but you'll be surprised what you can do in 15 minutes. Habit number two is practice every single day, it just being the norm that a fruit and a vegetable goes into that lunchbox. It's okay if it's always the same one, one that your kids like to eat is always a great option to try. This means that these things start to be familiar and then you can start working on getting your kids to try other ones down the track once that becomes a normal habit. And then lastly, spend time slowly and gradually giving your kids the responsibility of doing some of the prep themselves. Yes, potentially more mess, but you're setting them up with good food confidence for the future. Well, happy lunchbox making team. Hooray for the kids going back to school. Have a great day team and we'll catch you in the next episode. A big thank you to the Capital Chemist and the Daily Dollop in crowd for their continued support of our show. We couldn't do this without them. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you love what you're hearing, please leave us a review.